Well, good afternoon. We're very happy to be here. Um, we're kind of sequestered, but we're happy to get this radio program back on the air. I'm sitting in my in our office with my good friend David Abood. Hi, David. Hey, Jan. How are you? How's very everybody cute. doing today? It's great to be reunited again. Good to be back and, uh, you know, getting this show on the air. Thank you for tuning in this morning. Uh, this is WNZN.org. Uh, our radio station is actually in Lorain, Ohio. And uh, with this COVID-19, we're all in different situations now, David, where yeah. we can tape and where right. we can do the shows. And right. even hopefully to have a call-in <clears throat> show where we have guests. And God willing, I'm hoping that we can actually physically get back in the station in yeah. May, mid-May or, you know. That maybe, would be terrific. Uh, yeah, May. sometime So in yeah. we're in a predicament. You know, we're in a situation. The, the world has really changed. In a month mm -hmm. and a half, it just totally changed yeah. on us. And... Um, this disease, this virus, the Bible calls pestilence, have come mm -hmm. upon us, and it's 180 countries. It's about every country in the world has been yeah. impacted. And people have questions, you know, and fears and anxieties, and why did this happen, and uh, why would a good God allow something bad to happen, and could God prevent this, and what does the Bible say about these kinds of yeah. things? Is this the end of the world? And so you get a lot of these questions, but I do think it's an opportunity for us, particularly as believers, to look at the big picture and to realize a couple things that have come out of this, even on the natural. Number one, we're not in control as much as we think we're in control. Boy, right? is that the truth? Within a month's time, look at it. <laughs> yeah. Jobs, uh, businesses, restaurants, mm -hmm. sporting events, children's education, all up topsy-turvy. But then right. you have issues of sickness, yeah. death, mm -hmm. uh, hospitals not up to capacity, all of these kinds of things going on in the shutdown. And mm -hmm. people are wondering what, you know, and they're, they're very anxious and many are depressed yeah. and we're all kind of hunkered down and sequestered into our homes for hopefully not too far foreseeable future. But what does the Bible say? That's the, one of the beauties, David, we have yeah. as, as Christians because you can look at it from a worldly standpoint of, and, and look for explanations mm -hmm. and reasons and then of course, we want to follow proper <clears throat> protocol and, and uh, mm -hmm. those 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 things that can reduce risk, hand washing, social distancing, yeah. all of these kinds of things. But we also are given another set of uh, resources or tools to, to kind of look at this mm -hmm. and to go to the Lord in prayer. That's why I always say, you know, when everything out, seems out of control, control that which you can control. Right. And one of the things <clears throat> you can control is what we're doing right here now is to look yes. at the Word of God. Uh, go to prayer, encourage one another, and hopefully our listeners in the process, and to look at this whole thing about the COVID-19, the present situation, but also in a bigger general sense, why is there suffering and why is there evil in the world? Yeah. And so, um, you know, I think one of the stories uh, that comes to mind, John, is the story of Job in the Bible, where, you know, you take a look at that and uh, you see... Um, you know, that Job is suffering, but when you analyze his life, it seemed like he was a good man, and he had a lot of wealth. You know, they said here in Job 1, uh, 2 to 3, it describes his wealth. He had seven sons and three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. So it seems like Job had it all. This must, uh, you know, so, so then we start to look at it and you say, how can bad things happen to good people? And I think that's one of the questions we can talk about today. Yeah. I because think Christians, a, you know, non-Christians and even Christians ask that question. Right. Oh, sure. And, and why did Job have these sufferings that come on him later in the chapter? Okay. Yeah. That's a very good point, David. And we're going to look at this hopefully in more detail yeah. from a scriptural point of view. But you look at Job, and we'll get back into this, mm -hmm. but he was a good man. You know, yeah. you look at Job chapter 1. A couple of interesting things about the book of Job. Many theologians think it may be one of the oldest books in the Bible. Yes. Uh, because yeah. the way he uses language, he doesn't reference <clears throat> patriarchs, mm -hmm. he doesn't refer to the law. There's things that suggest it's really early. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting that this book is, you know, we have mm -hmm. possession of this book. We don't often right. think about this. This at one time was a document, you know, that was survived, uh -huh. not hundreds, but literally thousands of years. And it says in verse 1 of Job, he was an upright man and he was blameless. 
and he, he feared God and he shunned evil. Right there in verse 1, that's a definition of a holy life. It mm -hmm. really is. Uh, he, he was a man who was blameless. He's upright. He fears right. God. He shunned evil. Yeah. And not only that, he's wealthy. I mean, mm -hmm. God has prospered mm -hmm. him. But then he, he also says um, that he, in verse 5, he would pray for his children, which I find interesting. So Job, he says, I pray and offer sacrifices lest one of my sons might sin and curse God in their hearts. Thus, Job did this regularly. Yeah. So he prayed regularly. Yeah. Yeah. But notice the thing he was fearing was that they would curse God. Now, what's what's going to happen here? This, the scene mm -hmm. is going to shift from Job and his location and living to the heavenlies where Satan is yes. going to come before God. But his whole goal mm -hmm. is to get Job one day to curse God. Yes. The very thing he is praying for his sons not to do. Yes, he does. So he, did it like, I, he does it like 25 times, that's exactly you right. know, asking God, what have I done? But he won't yeah. curse them. That's what his right. wife even says, <clears throat> why don't you curse God and die? Yes. So right. here's where the scene opens up and we'll start developing these now. Why is there problems mm -hmm. or why is there suffering? Mm -hmm. So if you look at verse 6, maybe right. you could read that. Yeah, one day the... Eight, right. Yeah. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, From roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Can we oh, keep going? Or? No, no, that's okay. fine. So here you see it. Some interesting yeah. things going on. Um, this might surprise people. Yes. This surprised me because I started to think about Satan joining the angels and coming to God when he pleases. Uh -huh. I mean, how does that work? Well, again, we won't get into high yeah. detail, but Satan was an, it was right. a, an exalted <clears throat> angel, yeah. is what the Bible tells us, perhaps called Lucifer. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he rebels against God, pride, he's lifted up. And he and he and he's cast out of heaven, his right. proper position, and perhaps he takes a third of the angels, what we presently call fallen angels or demons, uh -huh. with him. Yeah. But he still has access in the sense he is one of his titles is the accuser of the brethren. Mm -hmm. And so he comes before God and he's saying he's really accusing that the only reason Job serves you yes. is because you put a hedge around him, you protected him, you blessed him, you protected him. And and but God will allow Satan to test Job. Notice mm -hmm. it, it, this: mm -hmm. Satan has power, but it's limited. We're going to see in a moment yeah. of what God allows. So oh, yes. one of the agents yeah. that can cause mischief or cause <clears throat> suffering or pain in this world is the satanic, is the demonic. Mm -hmm. and we're going to see that. And but notice it's there's God is overseeing this because he yeah. says you can do this but you can't do that mm -hmm. and the whole thing is is what's suggested here is that the earth is on display and job is the player a character and it's being observed by an angelic yeah. realm good and mm -hmm. evil as well as god but they're testing okay will he really serve you when you start yeah. taking these things away from yeah. him and he of mm -hmm. course we know he does you know mm -hmm. he comes through it he goes through a lot of difficulty but it goes to this point mm -hmm. that you see, the main players here is is Job, is God, and is Satan. Yeah. And it goes, harkens back to the Garden of Eden when you have the main players there. Mm -hmm. God had blessed Adam and Eve, and then they're in the garden. Mm -hmm. They're Satan. As well, very good. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, yep. this character enters in stage right, stage left, yeah. whatever, and he is going to be allowed to tempt them. Mm -hmm. And they fail. Yes. Job does not fail. Yeah, that's that's the distinction here. But to realize God oversees it all, He is the director, He's the grand creator, producer of it all. Mm -hmm. Satan is a major player. Satan has a major player. And when we come to these things of why is there suffering in the world, why is there evil in the world, they, there's this old argument. It goes something like this: If God is all good, yeah, then He can't be all powerful. Because he would want to help people and be compassionate and kind, but he doesn't have the power to stop war mm -hmm. and disease and suffering. Mm -hmm. Or they say, God is all-powerful, but he's not all-good. Because he has the power to change, but he doesn't care to. Yeah, He doesn't have the heart or the compassion. And so they, they try to put in that frame. And we're going to see, you can answer that uh, proposition 
pretty easily because a big reason is people have a limited <clears throat> view of God and they yep. don't realize that God can actually use suffering for good. You know, yes. because we're limited as finite human mm -hmm. beings and we think, oh, why could this happen and how could a good God allow that to happen? Well, to branch it out, we don't see the big picture. Right. And when we're going to come to Jesus, when mm -hmm. God visit this planet, I mean, <laughs> that's like the worst thing man ever did or God ever allowed was this all holy son of God, this all holy person to be stripped and mocked and spit upon and nails driven to his hands and his feet and crowned with thorns and literally yeah. to hang and suffering death <clears throat> right. for upwards of six hours. Now, why do we call Good Friday Good Friday? Because God can bring the ultimate good out of that right. ultimate bad. Yeah. So we, yeah. we move in that direction. Right. Did you have something else that you want to say? No, no go, yeah, no, go ahead, Jan. Okay. I like where this is going. All right. Well, let's start at the beginning. We'll lay a little bit of a foundation. Yeah. So a big key here, Dave, when we look at um, uh -huh. suffering and evil and these kinds of <clears> things <throat> getting into the world and, and to our universe as it is, and mm -hmm. we're faced with it now. I mean, every time you turn on the TV, am I right? Yes. Mortality yes. and fear and yes. what are we going to do? Kind the of weekly thing. updates, or the, the daily updates by the governor, number uh. of COVID cases. It's you know, good, but sometimes yeah. you got to read the good news and not always the bad news. Exactly. Yeah. So when God finally creates uh, Adam and Eve <clears> and um, uh, he's finished with yeah. creation, he says something very interesting at the, uh, at the end of chapter 1, <clears> actually. The last verse, he will say, Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed... It was, it doesn't say it was just good, like he said on the other days. He said it was very good. Mm -hmm. Okay, we have to understand that. What we're looking at today, even without this coronavirus, this, what we see today in the world is not the way God created it. Yeah. This is not the original creation. We have to remember that. Okay, there, things die. Uh, there's calamities, there's tornadoes, there's tsunamis, there's villains and murderers and all this. This is not how God originally created it. Okay, we're going to no, see it all right. changes. Right. It all shifts here. Yeah. Now, he he gives it over to man. It's uh -huh. Man is what's known, in a sense, as the federal head. He's put in charge of this incredible plan planet. Okay, He's yeah. given powers. Because he's made in the image of God, he has powers that no other creature shares. <clears throat> right. You know, they, really, when you consider it, an elephant, an ant, a bumblebee, mm -hmm a tree, yeah. they're kind of programmed to an elephant kind of thing. Now, I know they have a certain amount of intelligence and memory, but we are made in the image of God. We have right. reasoning powers. We have capacity to speak. We have capacity mm -hmm. to uh, form ideas. Mm -hmm. We have capacity to know God. He wants us to know him. That's why he mm -hmm. communicates with Adam and Eve. And he's put in charge. Man is what's known as the federal head of the right. planet. Yeah. So, so when he goes bad... The whole think of the uh, Titanic. There's over two thousand <clears throat> passengers right. and crew. Right. But if the, the the federal head of that or the yeah. captain, yeah. Uh, the guy that's running the uh -huh. show, the boat, if he makes wrong decisions, which he does, he goes too fast. He's in an ice field. He doesn't heed some warnings. When it hits that iceberg, <clears throat> right. is he the only one that went down? No. Yeah. Everybody goes. Yeah. See, everybody's impacted because he's yeah. the he's the the federal head. Yeah. See? So it's a similar thing here with Adam. He makes this wrong decision. He, he makes a big decision, A, to disobey God, yeah. to obey Satan, to be self-willed, to take that which God did not want him to take, that is knowledge of good and evil, all of these things. So what essentially Adam does and Eve, they turn their back on God and they open a door that God never wanted them to open. Mm -hmm. He wanted them to stay in this room like Maui on steroids, yeah. you guys have fruit and you know yes, animals aren't biting you. And, you know yeah. you're, you're you're naked. Yeah. And he says be fruitful yeah. and multiply. You're living and have a in lot harmony children. with nature. Yeah. You know it's just. But Adam uh -huh. says no. I, I want to go to this door that you said don't go down. I want to look. That's what he said. So he turns his back on God, and of course God will push him out of paradise. And now he walks this long road that we're part of today, and that's what starts this whole thing and so mm -hmm. when you come from a very good world yeah to what's now going to be a bad world and then you see in chapter three all of these things start entering first and foremost man is afraid 
Yeah. Fear has entered into the human condition, David, and it was yes. never supposed to be there. You see? Yeah. And we're seeing it today. You know, fear. Am I yes. going to get the thing? Am I yes. going to die? What about this? And yes. what about that? Well, you know, it's, 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 we don't, we don't want our children as parents to live in fear. Right. Our <clears throat> Heavenly Father does not want his children to live in fear. Right. You see now, yeah. again, Adam and Eve are going down this road. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And so you see, God comes down, and I find this very interesting yeah. uh, in verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 8. Okay. Chapter 3, verse 8, Genesis. Right. <clears throat> then uh, the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord, God, as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Okay, now look. Yeah. Here God is doing what? He's walking yeah. in the garden. Right. God came down <clears throat> to this planet. Yeah. And he is seeking lost man. Yeah. Now remember that. Mm-hmm. Because when Jesus comes, God comes down to this planet. Right. And Jesus says what? I've come to do what? To seek yes. and to save yeah. that which was lost. Right. So that's just it. Right uh-huh. there in, in a little germ, little mm-hmm. uh, foretaste, if you will, foreshadowing yeah. of when God would again visit. And we see a lot going on here. It's God's initiative right. to come and seek out man. Man is hiding. Yeah. He's frightened. <clears throat> and uh, he's covered himself. Right. He's trying to yeah. cover himself yeah. in the shame. Yeah. And he says, I was afraid. I was afraid, and then he's then then we see what happens, is he talks to the woman. Why did you do this? Now pain and suffering is going to enter the human condition. Right. And God will say, um, he says, of course, the the, the 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 serpent, because you have done this, you are more cursed than all the cattle of the field. You will go upon your belly. Right. The woman, <clears throat> I will put enmity between you and the seed of the uh, mm-hmm. serpent, which yes. we're going to find out later in the person of Jesus Christ. And he says, you're going to be multiply your sorrow and your conception. You bring forth. Now, see, pain is now entered in the human condition. It wasn't like that before. Right. And then it says, Adam, now the ground is cursed for your sake. You're going to have to toil, scratch the earth and sweat of your brow. And there's now look what comes in verse 18. What now comes out of the ground? It will produce thorns and thistles okay. for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. Now something yeah. new is entered into the created right. order. Okay. Excuse me. Yep. So now extend that by thousands and thousands of years. What has entered into the created order that wasn't there before? Cancer, viruses. Yeah. Look at that. It wasn't yeah. intended. We were in an mm-hmm. idyllic situation before. Could have lived forever because yes. the tree of life was there. Right. Everything's changed. And so now, we, what you're seeing, if you're doing a stage play, you could you would like start dimming the lights <clears> down, <throat> and, yeah. then, and the music would go from a real bright uplift right. to more somber and almost mm-hmm. funeral style. It's things of getting darker. Yeah, isn't that sad? I mean, geez, when you start to put it in that well, framework, right. yeah. Well, you are, and uh, you know. So when you think about the non-Christians, even some of the Christians that that I've talked to, you know, they're just feeling this lost. This, uh, you know, they're like Adam. They're scared. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I've seen people driving by in the car by themselves with a mask on. Yeah, right. And I'm trying to understand that. You know, I, I'm not making fun of it or belittling it. It just weird. It, it's weird. Yeah. It, it, these are definitely strange times. And you can talk to people when they pass. You don't have to not talk to them if you're seven, eight feet away. Um, you know, six is what they're saying. But you know, in any case. But yeah, what's happening today, in a sense, has its genesis yes. or beginning back from back there. Right. You okay. see that? Yeah. And so now we see, and of course, God closed them, and right. um, now starts this journey. Right. Okay. So you see, really, the first judgment, mm-hmm. the first judgment or uh, mm-hmm. penalty, yeah, is comes from God. Yeah. He says to the Satan, "I'm going to." curse you you know mm-hmm. he says to eve now you're going to mm-hmm. conceive and bear children so he says to Adam. so it's it's coming from god mm-hmm. it's done. now what we're going to see later it uh the people don't understand this that god yeah. could cause calamity yes he's not the sole author but he can <clears throat> cause calamity yes and when we get to chapter six with the flood mm-hmm. they don't know how many people were living at that time you could they different theologians try to work numbers but there right. could perhaps be millions <clears throat> Yeah. But God destroyed the entire planet. Right. 
uh, except for eight people. So, mm-hmm. what, you know, God can cause um, what we would call disaster. Because some yeah. people have a view of God, he would never do anything like that. Yeah. Because we don't fully understand God. But when you, you move to chapter 4, here's where you see four. the famous yep. account of Cain and Abel. Well, we'll pull, we'll look at these different agencies of pain and suffering in a minute. But yeah. now, this idea of Adam and Eve bear two children, two mm-hmm. sons. Mm-hmm. One is Cain, the other is Abel. One gives an offering to God, the other doesn't. Yes. He's very angry with mm-hmm. his brother. He's He's got hatred mm-hmm. in his heart. And he kills him. Even though God says, don't do it. You know, God right. tries to right. intervene here. But man has this free will. And, he's, and his heart is darkened. His mm-hmm. mind is because mm-hmm. of the fall. His heart is, why would he be mad at his brother? You know, yeah. God says, if yeah. you do right, you'll be on it. <clears throat> but now we see the second agency of pain, evil, and suffering is man to man. So you have God here, mm-hmm. we're going to see. And then you have what's known as moral uh, suffering. And man to man, and really starting in Genesis all the way through Revelation, and look at history. Yeah. Look at human history, David. I mean, <laughs> all the way the, through the disasters yep. and it the is. genocide yes. and the wars and the nuclear <clears throat> bombs and yep. biological mm-hmm. and the, the trafficking and on and on and on. It's we call it man's inhumanity to man, but in a sense, that's who man is. Mm-hmm. We try to move. Especially as a believer, we're, we're to move yeah. to areas of kindness and compassion and self-sacrifice for others. But man's tendency is not good. The heart of man is deceitfully wicked. So now you see this other cause of evil and suffering in the world is man to man. Okay, So you're moving in that direction now. Yeah. Then you have this, uh, what's known as nature or natural. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a tsunami, there's an earthquake, there's... Right. Something happens. Yeah. Yeah. That it's just nature. It's not not a judgment of God necessarily. It's not man created something that he could man could goof up nature, but by right. all, it's just nature. <clears throat> and yeah. then you see um, uh, there's an earthquake or there's a volcano or there's mm-hmm. a tsunami or one of these things. That's simply a natural uh, occurrence. And so <clears throat> that's when you, for example, Jesus says, "The rain falls on the just and the unjust." Just happens. Mm-hmm. Just you know, um, none of us are going to get out of here alive. Right. We, we follow a natural process. Right. Now, yeah. in a sense, death does go back to the fall, mm-hmm. but all of us are are following a natural progression of life from conception to yeah. birth to growth to old age to death. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's natural. It's you know, and so for example, you'll see in Acts of the Apostles, I believe it's in chapter eleven, there's a famine. And uh, it doesn't say it was a judgment of God. It just says that at this particular time, a famine had come into the world, and it was an occasion for the church to take up a collection and give to those believers that didn't have enough. Uh So my point being that it it wasn't necessarily caused by Satan. We're going to look, he does cause harm. It was not necessarily a judgment sent by God. Uh, it wasn't that man torched all the fields and now it doesn't say that. Just mm-hmm. as there's a famine. It was a natural occurrence of something happening, but it was an occasion then for the church to take a collection and help. We're going to see yeah. that. That yeah. no matter where these occurrences or cataclysms or even this disease, what it, what it, what it, we're going to see, David, where it should move us, we'll look at this in a moment, is to think about God, think about our own mortality, think about our soul. Yeah our soul and its relationship to God. If we're a believer, it should cause us to draw closer to God. Yes. Okay. Uh, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall mm-hmm. abide under the shadow of mm-hmm. the Almighty. You know, I yeah. will say to the Lord, you are my fortress. You're my... If right. you're an unbeliever, it should cause you to think about, is there a God? Yes. My life is short. I'm not that in control of everything. And it should cause you to repent and come to God. Right. Let me show you how this works. <clears throat> yeah. Unless you have a comment while we turn here. Luke Go chapter ahead. 13. Luke chapter 13. Mm-hmm. I just want to show a little bit how this unfolds itself. And again, we appreciate everybody listening. <clears throat> uh, this is WNZN.org. And we're just uh, grateful to be on the air again, David. Yeah, it, absolutely. And, we sure uh, are. To share. Someday we'll look back on this. And yeah. this is the crisis <clears throat> of our generation. It, it really is. is. Yeah. Yeah, my, I was... Uh, my grandfather, 
he was a farm boy from Iowa. He went into the Army in 1918, mm -hmm. July, exactly 50 years before I was in the Army in Fort Knox, Kentucky. 50 years later, he would go, I went in 1968, and he faced World War I, which was terrible, uh, and then the, the Spanish flu, which killed 60 to 100 million people worldwide. Yes. It was horrific. <clears throat> and then my parents' generation, they went through the Depression. Yeah. Then they went to World War II, which uh -huh. was fought in the Pacific and right. Europe, and they right. didn't know what was going to happen there. Um, that was the crisis of their... Now, this is, in a sense, the crisis of our generation. <clears throat> and what's right. very important is when anything happens to your life, it's not what, what happens, uh, what acts upon you, it's how you react to yes. that. So that's where the choice comes yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yes. So let's look and see how this unfolds a little bit, mm -hmm. this disaster issue. And if you look at um, Luke uh, chapter 13, mm -hmm. it unfolds, maybe you could read verses um, 1 through 5, David. Sure. <clears throat> now there was some present at the time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate <clears throat> had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, do not think that these uh, Galileans were worse sinners than all of the other Galileans because they suffered this way. I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I've, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and have found, haven't found any. Okay. Cut it down. Why should, why should it use up the soil? Okay, great, David. Yeah. Okay, let's look. Here's the scene. Um, mm -hmm. They... they they come to Jesus, he's probably on a teaching tour, and uh, they say to him, there's these Galileans who Pilate had killed and mingled right. with their sacrifice. Mm -hmm. what, what seems to be happening here is the Galileans went to Jerusalem uh, for the, maybe Passover, for sacrifice, right? And while they were there, Pilate maybe dispatched some of his soldiers, and they would go in the crowds, especially <clears throat> if it was an unruly crowd, yeah. and they would stab them. Secretly, hmm. just stab them. I mean, we don't know if that's what they did in this case, but we know they killed them. And when it says mingled their blood, it suggests that maybe it was at the time of sacrifice. Okay. But, <clears throat> but notice Jesus' response to this. He says, Jesus said to them, do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans? Yeah. Because th this is a normal for, a ma for us to try to look for causality. <clears throat> right. This person, that bad thing happened because yeah. of that. <clears throat> or he's blind because... You have to yeah, try and understand it. Yeah, yeah and we yeah. And we do it all hard. the time. Yeah, that was Job's friend. You know, you were studying the book of Job. <clears throat> Job's friend says, "Job, are you sure you didn't do something wrong? Yes, something must be wrong." And right. they were they were wrong, really. Yeah. So you're looking for causality, mm -hmm. and Jesus does something very interesting here, David. He says, "Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered these things?" No, I tell you. Then he turns it. To the yeah. audience that yeah. informed them about these deaths, unless you repent, you will likewise perish. See what he's saying? He's doing something mm -hmm. very interesting. He's saying, yeah. don't judge them. They're no worse off than you. Yeah. I mean, no better, no yeah. worse. That's not yeah. why they got killed. That's right. But he, he points not to their bodily death, mm -hmm. but to their souls. He says, use this, so to speak, as an occasion right. to get your life right with God. Repent. Do you see how he used that? Yes. Repent. This is what we would call man-to-man -man disaster. Man killed a man. Remember I was talking about how Cain <clears throat> killed Abel? Yep. And, but Jesus is saying, no, let this be a point for you to examine yourself and you repent lest you likewise perish. Die suddenly. Right. And then you're in, you got a much more important thing. <clears throat> right. right. Then he says this, or those 18 on whom the Tower of Siloam fell and killed them. Do you think that they were worse sinners than all the other men? I tell you no, but unless you <clears throat> repent, you will like he, same right. message. But yeah. notice one is man-made. Right. Herod soldiers killed mm -hmm. these Galileans. The other is a tower in Siloam. They built with mm -hmm. huge stones there. Right. Maybe the wind or water or flood, but it collapsed, killing 18 people. So yeah. there you see nature. Yes. Remember I was talking there, you see man to man. 
Uh, this really struck me, David, years ago when I went to Thailand mm -hmm. uh, two, two months after the tsunami hit. Okay. And what it was was we were supposed to go to Cambodia to film uh, uh, landmine mm -hmm. victims, amputees, mm -hmm. and do a documentary on that. And then right before we were ready to leave, 26th of December, 2004, <clears throat> tsunami hits. And of course, I know Southern Thailand. We used to go there with the kids down to Phuket and that. Right, right. So I went down there two months, two and a half months after tsunami, and we filmed the rebuilding. And it, mm -hmm. they were, they were, you know, mm -hmm. recovering, rebuilding this, and doing all this kind of. All these people were coming, Christian organization and non-Christian, from Australia, from America, Thai people also. Mm -hmm. It was almost an uplifting feeling, although we saw a lot of the destruction. Right after that, we went. To, next week after that, we went to Cambodia. Yeah. And went to the killing fields. We went to the Gosh. big high school that ah. the, the, the communists <clears throat> used for as a torture chamber. Yeah. And that was a hundred times worse than ah. One was a natural ah. disaster. Another was man-made. And it just hit me. Like What came to my mind was, A, how could man do this to man? Yes. Number two, the heart of man is deceitfully wicked. Mm -hmm. Who can know it? Yes. And, but it goes to this point here. Do you see the one is man yes. to man, the other is nature? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and, but... The, the key here is, I believe, is to, to look, use these things as the, uh, you know, the warning light on your dashboard. Right. When the oil light comes up. Beep, yeah. Beep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a good, that's good to have an alarm go off because it, this alarm went off here. These people were killed. Jesus is saying, use it to reflect on your own life. Mm -hmm. Repent and get right with God. A, your soul's more important than your body. Number two, you don't know when you're going to die. You see these lessons he's yes. bringing in here. No. So, yeah. So, you know, John, I think one of the things, and even when you look back at Job, uh, what you just brought up, you know, he was not the perfect right. man. Right. And, you know, I think him even questioning what I've done those 25 times. And then he finally realized, you know, he got to a point where he said, you know, I, I must have the formula wrong. So I just want to die. Just yeah, take right. me. You know, I want to end my life. And that's when God came to him and they said it was kind of like a tornado, right? He spoke to him through a tornado or high winds mm -hmm. or a devastating storm, which, you know, th does that kind of tie into the fact that he's in control of those types of things too, right? So he's in control of everything. And I think what he, what he showed um, Job was the fact that I'm in control. I created you. Yes, right. The only thing you need to focus on is you're not here to figure out why things happened. Right. I mean, who would have thought they'd be talking about him in heaven? If known? you were to tell me God's talking about me, I'd be like, what? Yeah. All right. So he, he didn't do anything wrong other than he had such strong faith and God, God wanted to test him further, sure. right? And that's why he let Satan do his thing, but he didn't let him touch the man, only his possessions. And it said he ended up, uh, his his daughters left, his, you know, he lost all of his wealth, his wife stayed with him, but she was telling him, curse God and die. Well, what <clears> happened <throat> was, right? after that he happened? lost his family and his possessions, yeah. and then... Yep. Then he says, then Satan says, skin mm -hmm. for skin. Yes. But let me touch his body. Mm -hmm. And that's when he broke out in these sores. And God says, don't kill him. You can do that. So here we see yeah. everything was coming against this guy. And yes. At the end, he says, Lord, before I knew of you, what, 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 I, mm -hmm. I knew of you, but now I know of you. I've seen you. Yes. I've seen your, your yeah. character and I've yeah. seen your faithfulness. And that's when God even told Job, Job, you pray for your friends now. Yeah. The ones that we're trying to give Make you Make a sacrifice and pray for him. And then when he did that, God redeemed him right. and doubled his wealth in right. the end. But he didn't know that going into it, right? You, know you just it. never know what God's intentions you are. You don't know. Yeah. And the, th the beauty of it, <clears throat> yeah. Job did not have the book of Job. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we have that. We have the book of Job. That, it, and so what I finally realized in analyzing this for, for today's show is, you know, God wants to use our experiences to bless others. Exactly. Pure right. and simple. And he's looking for a true relationship. He doesn't care about the good deeds you've done. I mean, that's true throughout this. All of us need redemption and saving. You know, just like what Job was doing, I told you, you know, when I get up in the morning, I pray and I ask him for, you know, I thank him for everything he's bestowed on our family. 
and I ask him, you know, for any forgiveness for the things I've done to offend him. Yeah. And and that's kind of a new program because I know during the day, every day, I'm doing something to offend him. Right. Whether I whether I'm thinking something just because I'm not acting it out. But the other thing is, you know, it it it, it I think I'm digressing a little bit just because this topic is so important. But he really does want an intimate relationship with us he doesn't care how many things you can list that you did you brought food to the old lady next door you washed this old man's car you took out this lady's you you rake leaves you donated money to this foundation that doesn't matter i mean it doesn't it it doesn't yeah but it's not what he's after Right. It's the fruit. You're talking yeah. about the root. Yes. See, turn to Psalm 91 for a moment. We, yeah. Uh, we'll just look at it for a second. But it goes to that idea of in terms of relationship you were talking about, David. Yeah. Um, it, the very first verse uh, in this psalm says, uh, He who dwells in the sacred place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Yes. That, that <clears throat> dwelling yeah. means abiding constantly in yeah. his presence. Yeah. It says in James chapter mm-hmm. 4, draw near to God, he'll draw. He wants us. Think about this. Mm-hmm. A husband, a wife, a friend, a friend, a parent, a, chi- a parent, a child. You want close union. Yeah. You want to see them. You want to talk to them. You want to mm-hmm. have a meal with them. It's broken relationships where you have division and disparity yes. and all that. Yes. So God is the ultimate, uh, not mm-hmm. just communicator. He's right. the ult- ultimate relationship restorer. Mm-hmm. He wants us he wants us, right. Him. And that's why it'll say here, yep. he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's a very powerful. Mm-hmm. Then he says, I will say to the Lord, he's my refuge, my fortress. All of these things, secret place, yes. shadow, fortress, refuge, is a place of security. And when we're <clears> there, look what he yeah. says in verse 3 and 4. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare, from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Notice this now. Yeah. He, he will deliver you yeah. from the, the people that want to stay close to God. In other words, in ancient Israel, they were such a small nation. Yeah. They had to depend on God. Yes. God was with them. Yeah. Even in the temple. Is very right. You had Babylonian, yes. Assyrian, Egyptian. They were, yes. you know, there was no match. <clears throat> as long as they stayed close to God... He provided protection, provision, <clears throat> right. deliverance. Yeah. It's when they drifted. Yeah. Got away from God, idolatry, immorality, mistreating the weak mm-hmm. and the poor and the widow. Mm-hmm. That's when God said, I will send you often you see this three couplet. Yeah. Number one, the sword. Number two, drought. Mm-hmm. Number three, pestilence. Mm-hmm. The enemies would yeah. come in, or there's gonna be a drought, or there's gonna be yeah. pestilence, disease. Yeah. Why? Well, it was judgment, but it was also in the sense to agitate or discomfort the people with pain to drive them back to him. Right. You'll see that cycle worked out yeah. again and again in the Old Testament. So he's saying here, mm-hmm. he will deliver you from this. But notice he says, he shall cover you with his feathers yes. and under his <laughs> wings. Now, this, yeah. this this is repeated in the Old Testament, but it's the idea of mm-hmm. a mother hen covering her chicks, gathering them for protection, for security, mm-hmm. but also comfort. Because mm-hmm. when they're there, yeah. they, they're right by the heartbeat of yeah. the mother. They yeah. have that warmth. And they're warm. Jesus yeah. will say this at the end of his ministry in Matthew, the mm-hmm. Gospel of Matthew. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I would have gathered you as a mother hen gathers her mm-hmm. chicks, but you would not. Therefore, your house is left to you desolate. Yeah. But he uses that same yeah. metaphor, that yeah. same symbolism. But again... Mm-hmm. Does this mean nothing bad is ever going to happen to a believer? No. Jesus says it mm-hmm. rains on the just and the mm-hmm. unjust. Uh, in this world, you will have tribulation. But the closer we stay to the Lord, the more security we have in the yeah. Lord that he can protect us, that yes. he answers prayer, yes. you know, give us this daily bread, yes. lead us not into temptation, but deliver, deliver us from evil. evil. Those right. are real prayers. Yeah. But I don't. And this is not a blanket security if we recite this then we're going to be protected from Mm -hmm. all danger and disease and virus that's not what i'm saying but what i am saying he wants us to seek him and perhaps more so in the time of trouble yes and calamity yeah and and it even you know just to go back to job uh, real quick john you know and after we repent and forgiveness comes comes blessings in job 42 12 it says the lord blessed the latter days of job more than his beginning yeah and so it's just all about coming to him. And even though we have this COVID, 
regardless of what happens in the future, if you're centered on him, what is there to fear? Well, that's you it. Know, and, yeah. and, and that's really what the take-home message, I think, today is, regardless of what we're talking about. But we do have to be aligned, and we have to, I think, let him know that we know everything that happens in our lives and in the world he's in control right. of in the end. Right. And we just have to make sure we're right with him. And, and I think one of the things that, if I were to look for some infraction from Job, it was him questioning God those 25 times. And then he realized that that was the mistake he made. Um, at least that's what I got out of it. it you know, is he's that part of it? Yeah, yeah he's, he's trying to figure out. Yes. And he can't figure it out. Because, yeah. And then his friends are to help to him. No, they made it worse. Because they keep yeah. saying, are you sure? You, you mm-hmm. know, this kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And so, but he, the thing about Job yeah. is his compass always went north. In other words, it went back to God. Mm-hmm. Even though he was upset, he was bewildered. He says, why don't I die? He, he would ask God these questions. And that's when God says, okay, Job. I'm going to answer you. Yeah. Where were you when I, you know. Even though in the midst of his suffering, he never lost hope in God. In in Job chapter 13, he says, Thou he shall slay me, I will hope in him. No one and nothing can steal your joy or peace when your hope is in the Lord. Never lose hope in God. That's and it. and I think that's the, that's the passion we have to have. Even in times like this, where we're all sequestered. And we're not sure what the future is or when we're going to get back to normal. Exactly right. Yeah. And n- nobody, nobody knows the future, and we not. Yeah. You know, everything, it's well, that's in not God's for us hand. to know. Yeah. But there's something very interesting about Job. He, he goes through this this thing, this questioning, mm-hmm. this um, did mm-hmm. I do wrong, and did, all of this kind of thing. And his friends don't help, and his wife's not that no. helpful. Gosh, but no. there's this. He has huh. this revelation in Job yeah. chapter 19. Yeah. Let's take a look um, at that. Uh, Job chapter 19, and starting with verse 23. Okay. Job. Okay, one second here, John. Um, Go ahead if you have it up. Job says this. Go ahead. Oh, that my words were written, that they were inscribed in a book, that they were engraved on a rock. In other words, he wants these words that he's going to say forever. You know, it's like a monument. With an iron pen and lead forever. I want you, everybody to know this, okay? But look what he says in verse 25. For I know that my Redeemer lives. Yes. And he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed. Remember, he's going through all this stuff with his body. Yeah, he's got the... This I know. This is not something I hope, I pray for. This is something I know. Mm -hmm. That in my flesh, I will see God. I will see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. How my heart yearns within me. So he had this thing. He knew that there was life after death. He knew he was going to have a resurrection body. He knew that he yeah. was going to one day see God. Right. And he he says, "I'm so fixed on this. You can write mm-hmm. it in stone." Mm. That was his anchor. Mm-hmm. See, that, 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 that has to be our anchor. That, that's, that's all there is. That's big picture. Whether we yeah. live to be another 50 it, years. or But uh, if we say yeah. this life is fleeting, and nobody wants to die necessarily. But, but I'm just saying it, it puts us in a different context. Mm-hmm. You know, it was three years ago my brother died. And mm-hmm. I was with him when he went through that yes. process. You know? Yes. But he had peace. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to. I mean, he was mm-hmm. just, you know. Oh, yeah. And he had a... Um, uh, uh, he knew God. He knew Jesus had saved his soul. Mm-hmm. So he could go through it. I've been with people in their last days. You know, and when you, you're a believer and you know that death is just mm-hmm. the door you walk through. Mm-hmm. It's not the end. And, you know, that's a powerful thing. And that's yes. what Job knew. Yeah. He, he's basically saying you can take this to the bank. You know, um, it, it, I think in the end... You know, it really does give you hope. It gives your life meaning uh, when you have adversity. Uh, I, I didn't know this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't know this, as you know. I mean, uh, you know, it took, what, you know, 10 years ago I started to learn these things. Before, when you're relying on yourself, you got nothing. You got nothing. nothing. Yeah. And so it, that's when it gets scary when you know that he's in control. And you just have to, you know, focus on aligning what you're doing with him and let him know you've made mistakes on a continuous basis so that he can come in and he realizes 
that you know what you've done, and without him, we're nothing. We are nothing at all. And I think that's what he was trying to tell Job when he said, let me ask you these questions. Who created the world? Who created the world? All right, and you're right. Forget about what you're doing for me. I'm in control. And and I think that's the important thing to deliver today, that he's in control. And the people that are unbelievers or are starting to kind of look over the fence or peek at it, I would tell you to run for it. I, I, I would tell you to find a way to run for the fence and get into a church, start opening the Bible, ask him to please forgive you and to have Jesus Christ come into your life. There's prayers you can look up with the internet. Just look it up. You can do it yourself. That's that's what I hope happens during this time. Right. You know, you see all the other silly things that are happening, like Zoom doubling uh, subscribers by double to 1.6 billion people. I mean, all those crazy things are are what they are. Yeah. But I'm wondering how people are doing with their faith during this time, John, and how many people have come to the Lord through this time. I don't know. Uh, I guess that'd be something I'd be curious about. Yeah, we'll understand when the dust settles on this. The worst thing that can happen is, I mean, we get through this, yeah. they get a vaccine. I mean, that's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing redemptive coming up. Nothing like uh, where we yeah. take examine our lives and yes. then, then to hit the restart button, like mm-hmm. you say, to repent and, yes. and renew our commitment to Christ. Because, man, if this, if this tells you nothing else, is that things can happen suddenly if and unexpectedly. Look at how the world is on pause. The world is on pause overnight, John, within six, seven months. Imagine the power, okay, the supernatural that exists. You know, the, the one verse, and, you know, we have, we have just a few more minutes. The one verse that I have on my wall is from Matthew 6, 25 to 34. And when I became a believer, this is still one of my favorite verses, if I may sure, read sure. it. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor weep nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not make much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that we need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, important, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And, And since I've met you and since we started on this walk, I have really been trying to be focused one day at a time. I don't know if I'll be here tomorrow, you know? And so I'm trying to realize whatever trouble there is, or even if I'm excited about something next week, that's great. But I'm just putting it in perspective and I'm trying to align myself. And when you look at nature, the billions of tons of food that he feeds all these animals every day, and and he provides, there's no supermarkets for the animals or the insects, that really helps you. Because I think one of the things I, I read while we were preparing for this uh-huh. is when people are, are sequestered, they're, they're nervous and it's bleak. And it's like, I, you know, I haven't seen Bob or, yeah, you know, right, I haven't yeah. been to the store. I haven't, you know, done this. I haven't yeah. been to work. Go outside and just look at nature yeah, right. and recognize nothing has changed. The birds still are coming. They're poking holes in your ground to get worms. The squirrels are still doing their thing, collecting yeah. nuts. Doing... Yeah. And then we can see who's really in control. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've been doing. But anyway, I'll just let you take it from there. No, I agree with you totally, yeah. David, because um, life moves on. Yeah. You know, like you say, yeah. the, the sun came up this morning, the mm-hmm. birds are chirping. 
and and God is in control of the galaxies. He's in control of the right. molecules. Yeah. You know, he he's put us in a unique position as human beings, <clears throat> made in the image of God, yeah. uh, fallen as that were, but it can be restored mm-hmm. through Jesus Christ and what He's done for us. And use this time. Yeah. You know, use this time redemptively to get into the mm-hmm. Word of God to call mm-hmm. people that you you know friends yeah. and and to restore and to say to yourself, hey. I'll, we'll look back on this. You know, this is the thing our children will tell our grandchildren. <clears throat> I was in the, yeah. you know, the, the sequestered uh, shutdown of 2020. Yeah. You know, it comes in. But um, use it. Use it as a wake-up call. As a, right. Okay, why did this happen? Mm-hmm. My life is, you know, very fragile. Mortality is mm-hmm. real. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. Thou mm-hmm. knowest not what a day might bring forth. And then to look at the Bible, because it, it doesn't explain everything, but it puts it in context for you. So we looked at a couple things, David, because I know we don't have too yeah, much longer. Right. Number one, first and foremost, God is in control. Yes. And God can send drought. Mm-hmm. God can. We've seen that again and again in the Old Testament. He mm-hmm. can bring uh, hardship or calamity. The biggest one, of course, is the flood. It was God that goes and destroys Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay. Second is is uh, suffering comes from man to man. Right. Suffering evil man. That Cain kills mm-hmm. Abel. Fast forward. All around the world, men are making munitions and more and more sophisticated bombs to kill each other. Yeah, uh, trafficking and slavery and all these things are still going on today. You know, so you have man against man, and then you have—we didn't get in as much—the activity of Satan. Yeah, the demonic. He comes to rob, kill, and destroy. Jesus mm-hmm. heals a woman. He says she was bound these many years by Satan. Paul will say, "I have a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan." We're not sure what it was, but mm-hmm. you see, his—he's there. One of his biggest things he can do is blind people spiritually. So we'll pick that up on another show. That'd be good. Angels and demonic and their influences. Mm -hmm. And then fourthly, we did touch on, is uh, the nature itself. Mm -hmm. The the, the ground shakes sometimes, or you might have a wind that will get the currents and you get a hurricane, a tornado. That necessarily, from a biblical point of view, it can be a neutral. Not to mean God's Mm -hmm. not controlling it, but it could just be laws of nature. Like I said, that famine in the book of Acts. Yes. It didn't say it was a judgment. It didn't say it was mm-hmm. from Satan. Mm-hmm. It just said it happened. Mm-hmm. The believers took mm-hmm. a collection to send to the other believers. So we're going to talk about those different things when we gather together again. Yes. To kind of tease them out and explain. Because I know a lot of people expressed interest in angels. And the, the I would love to do that show. Demonic. That would be yeah. really fascinating. Yeah. We might have to do it over a period of a couple, two, three shows. So, yeah. thank you, David. And Thanks, I, Shan. We pray everybody God bless and stay yes. safe. And especially uh, for Mark Ballard, uh, you know, we continue <clears throat> to pray for Mark's father. Yes. And Wanda, thank you for hosting the show so many times, being so faithful to... And thank you to your son, Michael, who uh, takes our shows. He modifies them. You know, make sure the sound and clarity is terrific and puts them up on your podcast. Yeah, for sure. So, thanks to Michael for all his support. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Okay, David. All right. Thanks, Jen. God bless, bless, everybody. Have a good weekend.